my name is Jonette Gay, and I'm the pastor of Audubon United Methodist Church. I have with me today our media specialist. Hi, Jason Burgess. And we want to talk and we want to listen. Our faith is seen and understood in many topics. We're glad you've tuned in today to Hey Hey, Anybody Listening? I'm doing well. Um, Is this where I tell you about who I am? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody would like to hear a little bit about. Uh, Yeah, so uh, my name is Chris Eden. Uh, I am uh, an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. I'm on a uh, voluntary leave. Uh, We moved our family to Lancaster City almost two years ago. Uh, So I am available and Pastor Jeanette uh, needed some help. So here I am. Well, it's good to have you here. It's good to have you here in Lancaster. I, I know I enjoy the city, so uh, I do too. I do too. We're we're right down by that uh, restaurant, Luca. Oh well, that's a good place it's, to be. It's not bad. We're a couple of houses down from there, and we don't get to go in, but uh, it's mm-hmm. nice. It's yeah, nice. I hear it's pretty busy over. It now. is very busy. You, you do not get reservations there easily. You said you moved here to Lancaster. Were you pastoring somewhere yeah. before? Yeah, I came to Pennsylvania in two thousand eight. I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. All right. We moved the family here for seminary in 2008 up at Lancaster Theological Seminary. Moved into a row home for seminary families. There used to be a row of them on Pine Street. There mm-hmm. were five or seven of them. And so seminary families, uh, folks with kids, uh, would, would be off of those homes. And so we moved in there in 2008 and enjoyed living in the area, studied you know, my heart out and graduated in three years. And then the pastor, sorry, the pastor, the bishop assigned me to Beams United Methodist in, uh, sorry, in Willow Street. All right. I uh, served there for seven years and then they uh, sent me to Memorial Church in Quarryville, served there for five years. Uh, and then I uh, put in for a, a voluntary leave of absence so I could move the family to Lancaster. And I guess I should say prior to all of that, I was an intern at Covenant United Methodist in their youth and, or sorry, not youth, their children's program and their uh, young adult program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming that you came to know Jonette somewhere in that, or how I did you come to know Audubon? I don't remember the when I met Jonette for the first time. It might have been when she reached out asking for some help for her sabbatical. I think that mm-hmm. might have been the first time I talked to her. Oh, well, nice. Yeah. Uh, hope you enjoy the congregation here. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And, and to give her a break, uh, I love it. That's that's what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, pastors need a break, too. They do. They do. <laughs> and I feel bad. I sent her a text message while she was away. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I I'm sure know. she thought yeah. nothing of it. No. Yeah. No, I hope she that. did. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something you'd like to tell us about maybe uh, that might reinforce your sermon coming up this week? Um, yeah, I decided the of, of Jesus' ministry. Mm-hmm. This is the, the first major teaching that we have uh, coming from the Mount. And he begins the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to focus on that for two Sundays. I know that it won't be back-to-back, but 
So maybe somebody's not familiar with the term Beatitudes. Yeah, yeah, Beatitudes. Um, the Beatitudes are from Matthew 5. They are the opening verses of Matthew 5 where uh, Jesus up the side of a mountain uh, and he sits them down and then he proceeds to, to teach. Uh, they're, they're found in Matthew and I think they're also found in Luke but in a different form. Mm -hmm. I think it's called the Sermon on the Plain there and I think they appear there. Uh, but in, in Matthew's gospel, it's the most commonly, you know, known version. Uh, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, uh, blessed are, are the peacemakers. Uh, he goes through a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. and This is sort of him setting up the, um, the disciples to an understanding of what his ministry is there. Yeah, it, it's, I think it's a good way. That's a good way to say it. That's a good way to say it because he is starting at the beginning with, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Um, the blessed are these people, mm -hmm. which is very different from what blessed looks like in real life. Sure. In, in our everyday life, when we say, oh, I was blessed too, often it's, I was blessed to see my kids for Christmas, or I was blessed with this new job, or I was blessed with this or that. And those are not the kinds of blessings that he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Or blessed with riches, blessed with um, a, a new position of authority in community. Like those are the kinds of things we think of as blessings. Sure. And, he doesn't even name the birth of children. You know, we think of this child is a blessing. Is birth. Of, he doesn't name that. That's not the kingdom of heaven. Is something different. Sure. I'm sure that means a lot to to people at that time. People were making money in the. The Romans were leading things and, and extracting uh, money. blessing people, if you will, with yeah. uh, positions of power or yeah. just positions at all. There were. Um, uh, it's, it's odd how politics and everything are always sort of the, still the same, and know? it never stops. It never stops. Yeah, yeah. Power works the same in every century, and people work, I think, the same in every century. We fool ourselves if we think otherwise. Mm -hmm. We we are capable of the same evils and the same goodness as our forebears from centuries ago, uh, and the systems are capable of the same. It's funny. Um, I started watching Ken Burns' film, uh, the The Roosevelts, and uh, at the same time that I was starting to watch it, Jonette was um, recording her fireside chat. I don't know if you. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, but our previous episode was. Uh, so I thought that was really very interesting, but um, it's. It's a long series, and I'm like, oh, this is also very similar to what is going on now. But it was something sort of different about it, where uh, I don't know. We have a a party who's wants to have some more sort of authoritarian power here. Roosevelt was kind of that same thing, but all of his all of his goals were very centered on people's needs. Mm. You know, mm. uh, Roosevelt's yeah. an interesting cat because he, you know, in his own way, was divisive. And flawed. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, flawed in many ways. Mm -hmm. But he uh, he was at the center of a, a movement, a change in politics that we've been dealing with ever since. Yeah. It's, and he, his presence like I, is still here. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like I really gained an understanding of the, how the political system changed mm -hmm. from from post-Civil War to, to yeah. now uh, with watching this. I remember growing up in Kansas, I... Uh, I think we were studying Roosevelt. It must have been middle school, maybe it was high school, but I think it was middle school. And I was in just 
enraptured by the changes that were happening that he was bringing about, or mm-hmm. at least that, that the people that were in power around him were bringing about. And uh, I was talking to my grandmother some evening about how great he was. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, he's a charlatan. She, he, he's a con man. I mean, she just berated everything that sure. he did. And uh, I think that's when I first learned the maybe the complexity of politics and mm-hmm. perception of politicians. Uh, it, was, it was interesting uh, to be kind of slapped with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so optimistic and so excited about him, and she, and she just was not, just was not. Well, I, I was thinking just yeah. now the scene from a show. I think it's called Good Omen. Uh, Terry Pratchett, I think, wrote it. There's an there's an angel, there's a a demon, and they have a, a friendship that has kind of happened over the millennia before Christ's birth, even. And there's this scene in the very first episode where you see Jesus talking on uh, on a raised hill, mm-hmm. and there's all these people that are listening, and but the angel and the demon can't hear him. They're kind of back in the in the crowd a bit, and and I think one of them says, well, "Why why are people so upset?" And the angel said, "Well, he he said that we should love one another," and he, and the demon said, "Oh yeah, that'll get it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's all perception." I don't know how's. And any of that related to, I guess, to the Beatitudes right. or anything. You got well, something? So, so try this. Try this. Yeah. Imagine you are not necessarily friendly to his message. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard it before. Some friend of yours brought you there. You're not quite sure. As these things happen, you know, someone says, oh, this so-and-so is coming to speak. You got to come. And you're like, ah, all mm-hmm. right, I'll go. And you encounter first a person that you can barely hear uh, but second everyone around him is listening intently mm-hmm. I wonder if part of that is just seeing everyone around him getting a message that is different and it causes you to experience it differently mm-hmm. uh, you know some of the things he's saying are blessed blessed are the morning morning people are not blessed I mean, mourning people are hurting, and they mm-hmm. don't know when it's going to end. And the kind of mourning that he's talking about could be, could be the mourning of death, or it could be the mourning of uh, not having connection with God. It could be a, a mourning of having lost your, uh, your kingdom to various empires that have taken over. It could be various kinds of mourning. Mm-hmm. But to hear the words, the the mourning are blessed. What does it take for you to? move from cynicism to yeah i think i think that's right that little piece of the soul or the mind really intrigues me what is it that changes a person yeah it's it's unpredictable it is um yeah i think that's 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 one maybe connection with modern day and it would mm -hmm. be no different than any day before ours but modern day there's there is a sense that information is available from all angles all worldviews so what makes yours unique mm-hmm. and we as christians have this this person in christ that we say is the center of our worldview that mm-hmm. his worldview is the one that we want to make ours it's the kingdom of heaven is we want that worldview that kingdom to come and i, I think one of the difficulties that we have as christians is relating that to all of the messages that are coming around us and, and mm-hmm. the people that are saying those messages. 
what is it to what does it take to shift perspective in someone that hears what he's saying and either it yeah. bounces off like you know the old movie ricochet and, you know bounces off or it finds root somehow i think that is one of the unique problems that christianity has to deal with is how do we connect that it's a unique problem for everyone i think in our mm -hmm. current day too um something about the roosevelt's when i was watching it was um in the with the fireside chat was here all of a sudden everyone is hearing this one story yeah. all at the same time and uh when you walk out after listening to that story and talk to your neighbor you're instantly in a conversation about about what you just heard yeah. and that conversation is shared i don't know that sort of intimacy that first time that people are getting that kind of intimate relationship with their radio for instance mm -hmm. um <clears throat> where be before i know in the show they were saying you know politicians always were speaking at a mic in a huge crowd um now all of a sudden people were able to li listen in the comfort of their home and be vulnerable you know yeah. um i guess it's the vulnerability that um sort of precedes that ability to uh to connect with some something that you weren't I don't know to like hear this to be one of those people listening all of a sudden in the in the um, crowd rather than yeah being um, you know suspicious of whatever it is that's in front of you to be able to hear the speaker as mm -hmm. being fellow as being human mm -hmm. you know someone you can connect with which that gets into Christology and the Trinitarian understanding of Jesus mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of theological roads you can go with that but that, well, that humanness of Christ would be necessary for connection it's interesting I'm going to be talking to um, Greg after this uh, Greg <laughs> Greg who will be preaching this Sunday oh, yeah, he's filling yeah. in the other times and um, he did last week's sermon and he mentioned that um, he was saying to everybody you are the son of, of, of God mm -hmm. um, we're all children of God and, uh, I often think when you're telling the story about Jesus, people don't consider the the um, human humanness of this of this person's interaction in the world, um, and always isolate it, him as if he's the son of God and there's no other yeah. there's no other children and uh, there's something just miraculously more um, inherently better about him no matter what, but. He is a human in, in, in this time when he's preaching, and uh, of course he has some kind of human flaws. There you can't you can't well, you be, human. be careful. There you can't say flaws. Well, not about Jesus. I just mean like <laughs> you can't be human and not get sweat on your brow. Exactly. Yeah. And um, you can't be human and not have a stomach ache. You know, yeah. that's gonna cause some inconsistency with whatever it is that's coming through your body yeah. you know to express yeah. yourself so um, <clears throat> yeah, you can't be human without having questions yeah genuinely being curious about what's going on around mm -hmm. you and and thankfully in Jesus's case we have a bunch of questions that he mm -hmm. asked um, but yeah without that I don't know how anyone connects to Christ mm -hmm. whatever they're connecting it's... to is not him mm -hmm. without his humanity then what what they're left connecting to is some spiritualized version of of him mm -hmm. and that's dangerous or, 
or an sort of idealized version and trying to place it into their human selves. Their own you know? spiritualization. Yeah. Their own idealized version. Yeah. 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 I've talked to viewers before about um, how I was in uh, or suffered a drug um, addiction. And yeah. uh, okay. in the midst of that, um, I had this this sort of spiritual understanding that there was that there was sort of two of me. One is the body that is mm. physically alive in here and the I I understood it because that physicality needed needed the drugs, you know mm. what it was. It wasn't men mentally no matter what I thought about it. It didn't have any I didn't have any control over mm. it and mm -hmm. uh, it made me to start realizing all right there's a spiritual me that wants and there's a physical me that wants and it's i have to identify the two mm. in order to know uh, oh i need to use the bathroom that's why i'm why i'm having a little trouble here that's you why know? i'm feeling this way yeah. yeah or i'm dehydrated you know mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and i don't i mean i think a lot of people don't make that disc or distinction between what is a a spiritual self, if you will, mm. a metaphysical self that is connected to God and the body is not, it's temporary. It doesn't really have any value in that necessarily. Mm. So um, I don't know. Well, you use the term distinction. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. There is a, they are distinct, but not separate. Mm -hmm. They're intertwined, but not the same, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, I think we're finding even more in, in scientific learning how intertwined, like our brain is to our stomach. Mm -hmm. You know, the what's going on down here, gut flora or whatever, has a real close connection to how we're feeling in our mind mm -hmm. and, and vice versa, you know. Um, so to see that being distinct, I think is good, not separate, but distinct. Uh, to be able to look at yourself, you know, this is something, this is something my body is dealing with or calling. This is an urge that I'm feeling. Uh, that in itself is your mind trying to distinguish, you know, between things. Mm -hmm. But to know that they're intimately connected in ways, you know, you can't, you'll never figure out. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I don't know if I would call it the mind when you're, because it's the body. The yeah. brain is, 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 is the body. Is the body, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking more of a spiritual sense where God mm. is existing in all matter, if you will, mm. um, and is present in all things. It doesn't need, he doesn't need a body or, or this physical form in order to, to have some, some, uh, part of the existence, I guess, or mm. the universe. Um, <clears throat> That's an interesting, okay. So I, I, if I go back to seminary, that sounds like the term panentheism. I think, mm -hmm. which would not be pantheism, which is God is in this desk here. I just kicked mm -hmm. God is in this lamp. God is, and that would be, as I understand it, pantheism, but panentheism being God's active uh, participation in all of creation right now, um, not as a separate, complete, uh, far away, distant thing, mm -hmm. but one who is intricately connected with every beating heart blowing wind and, and whatever molecule particle if you right will, you know. is not the same as yeah. but is somehow participating in i want to say it was lee barrett uh, who's a theology professor in seminary uh, still is a theology professor there i think he tried to summarize that thought with uh 
with the idea of music that God is is playing creation into creation actively and so when God stops playing music the music stops creation stops but it's not the same as God is all of creation I, I that's what I was hearing what you were saying sure. that idea of God's participation and presence within all of creation um, intertwined and yet not the same hmm. well I in that understanding I like to think that Jesus is the like most perfect um, intertwinement with mm. humanity mm. Um, and that's how he becomes this um, this understanding of God for, mm. for humanity <clears throat> it's a beautiful way to think of incarnation it's a really interesting way to think of incarnation well we're still in Christmas so it's a good time aren't we still in Christmas uh, oh, I no. think I don't know. Wasn't it till like the? I don't know if we're still in Christmas season. It's, it's in the teens, right? Or no? Wait, today's the ninth. Today's the ninth. Is it the fifteenth? Yeah, I feel like it's like fifteenth or thirteenth. Well, I'm claiming it. We're still talking about incarnation. Yeah. It's good. Huh. Well, I think we had a lot. That was pretty uh, deep conversation. Uh, is there anything? Anything else you'd like the, our new viewers to know about you? Um, uh, no, not particularly. Uh, we'll, we'll meet. We'll meet soon. I mm -hmm. think we've met before. I've, I've been out to Otterbein. I've worshipped with these nice folks uh, mm -hmm. a couple times and participated in in one of their Sunday studies with uh, with Greg Carey. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so I've gotten to meet some of them. Meeting. I've met some of their leadership. So I'll I'll look forward to meeting them soon. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, Chris, thanks for uh, sitting down for this little chat with me. Thanks for having me. So glad you were with us today. And I hope you'll tune in again as we listen to one another.